You're listening to the Forging Life Podcast, where we sit down with the most epic entrepreneurs, parents, veterans, and so many others that have gone through some crazy challenges inside of their life to be able to forge forward and come out on the other side. And in this podcast, you're going to be able to listen to some of the ways that they were able to grow their business and quality of life. My name is Trey Ryder, and I'm your personal and professional coach, helping you to live intentionally and have a higher quality of life. Let's go. and welcome to season number three and today i'm going to be jumping in as always with a great guest and today i'm i have the opportunity to sit here and speak to jr who is with the veterans ranch he's a vice president there and i'm going to actually talk to him about a few different things about their mission it's helping veterans to really cope with the suicide and depression and a lot of the PTSD and everything else that's going on and the things that he has to offer, I cannot wait to sit down and truly break this thing wide open. I'm gonna leave you with one of his favorite quotes because uh, this is one of the things I asked for him. And this is gonna be something I would love to hear a little bit more about. And this is a, his favorite quote actually came from his father. And it says, things don't just happen, they happen just. So that being said, first and foremost, welcome JR to the Forging Life podcast. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me and uh, happy to be here. Yeah, that's a, it's almost a, a, a biblical type, you know, message uh, with that, with that phrase, uh, because things don't just happen. I don't believe in coincidence. You know, the good Lord guides us how, when, and where we're supposed to be. Some people believe that, some people don't. But we are a faith-based organization. You see the cross smack in the middle of our logo, so it obviously leads us everywhere we go. But, you know, they don't just happen. They happen how they should, when they should, where they should. That means people getting introduced into your life, sometimes people getting kicked out of your life that you would have thought you'd never let go of, but it was time to let them go. And sometimes you realize, man, they were dead weight and baggage. They might be your best friend. But, you know, you got a different kind of relationship now uh, because sometimes you you get down in the muck with them and you can't rise and shine if all you're having, you know, is people pulling you backwards. So, yeah, that's it. It sounds really deep and it is. But just think they, they don't just happen. Things, you know, don't just miraculously appear. The good Lord puts them where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. That's very valid points there. And I, I definitely love diving a little bit deeper into that. This podcast, as everybody knows, is all about how you've been forging your life, the challenges, you know, that you've come across. You talked about just from this quote here that sometimes you got to let people go. Uh, and that's so true that sometimes that you think, and you wish or you pray that it just works out. And sometimes you just got to see the message, you know, and just yeah. understand it and say, okay, I see it. So uh, that being said, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, one of the things that I didn't speak about in the introduction is that I actually wrote down that I thought was, was great was 
uh, one of the things you explained was you're a cowboy in the hiding as you were growing up. So uh, that being said, I would love to dive a little bit deeper into uh, your upbringings because I always find it fascinating and it always leads to where you are today. So that being said, can you kind of walk us through what the cowboy in the hiding is and how it came into a, a factor today? Yeah, absolutely. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, for anybody listening here, it's familiar. I was a North County boy. And if you're from St. Louis, you know, North County, South County, West County. And it, it, they, the big thing in Missouri is they always say, uh, what high school did you go to? And they don't really care what high school you went to. They want to know what side of the tracks you grew up on is basically the meaning behind that. But growing up in North County of St. Louis in the 80s, I am a Gen Xer, um, Stetson hats, cowboy boots, buckles, it wasn't the thing, right? You know, St. Louis didn't even have a major FM country music station until the 90s. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was different times. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I remember this like it was yesterday, okay? Uh, my parents had gotten me a pair of boots, new pair of boots. I have a pretty heavy cadence when I walk and wearing cowboy boots to a grade school that has nothing but tile floors everywhere you walk. I couldn't sneak up on the dead, right? Everybody knew I was coming. And, you know, we're talking 1987, you know, cowboy boots in North County of St. Louis. I got made fun of, uh, you know, how I, how I walked, the fact that I was wearing boots. And again, it's an older brand, but they were called dingoes. So any way you could make fun of the word dingo, they tried. So the boots went back in the closet. You know, I mean, it's just peer pressure kind of stuff, whatever. But that that shaped me at that moment. I did have a Stetson hat when I was about 14 to 16, you know. But again, you wore it in certain places, certain events. It wasn't daily wear. And so, um, uh, you know, but again, 80s kid, there was 80s fashion and everything else. And some of it I look back on and laugh. But, you know, I was always a kid that felt more comfortable out in the country than I did in the city or the county. Right. You know, we'd go out deer hunting in central Missouri and I didn't want to go back home. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved where I grew up. I had great experiences. Um, my parents are fantastic. You know, they they allowed me to um, uh, we kiddingly say, give yourself enough rope to hang yourself, meaning, you know, let you get out there. And if you get in trouble, OK, we're going to yank you back a little bit, and, you know, let you know you screwed up and then let you get out there and do it again. But. When I was always a kid also, you know, now you do this, they send you home and call the cops, but I'd bring hunting magazines. I'd bring guns and ammo to school because, you know, during deer season, I'm reading up on what's going on. So in high school, I actually got the nickname Tackleberry. For anybody that remembers Police Academy and who Tackleberry was, that was me. <laughs> so that was my I nickname gotta say, in high I school. I loved Police Academy, especially, what was it? Was it Hightower that did all the, the sounds? and? No, no, Hightower no, no, was no, a was really it. big black guy. The other, I cannot remember his character name, Saved My Life. But yeah, the guy that did all the sounds and, and you know, the sirens and the gunshots and everything, that guy was absolutely hilarious. Anyway, so sorry to take yeah, you off. Sidebar, it's okay. Um, so, so anyway, you know, I get out of high school and I start, you know, you think for yourself a little more, you start figuring out who you are, who you want to be. Graduated in 91, in 1999, I moved to Florida, okay, from St. Louis. And, um, you know, I started, you know, and also, again, certain jobs, too. 
yeah, I'd been in sales forever and ever and ever. Uh, they wouldn't let you wear boots. And, and I mean, I had some really nice, if you dare say, dress boots, you know, ones that you didn't muck in the mud with. And they wouldn't let me wear them. So I had to wear dress shoes, couldn't wear the hat because, you know, for whatever reason. So I started becoming self-employed around 2002. Uh, after I got married, well, back that up a little bit, my, my wife's family is originally from Kentucky. She was the first Floridian born. I heard native Floridians were hard to come by even in 99. So I found one I liked and married it. So, you know, but she was always into horses and it reminded me of my love for horses. I was in Boy Scouts and, you know, and on hunting trips and camping trips and whatever, anywhere there was a horse, get me on it, you know? And so I, I had fun doing that. So as I became more self-employed, I'm like, you know what? I don't care if people in Orlando or Polk County, well, Polk County, we look normal down here, but, you know, in Orange County, Florida, where I originally moved to, if people cared what I looked like, I didn't care anymore. So I started wearing my boots. I had my buckle, it came out and got polished. And it, it's a big cross. And in the middle of it, it says cowboy up. So I always say it means cowboy up through Christ. And I started wearing the hat. Now I've got I don't know, six, seven pairs of boots, five or six different hats, depending on, you know, because you can wear these in the fall. It's a felt hat. But in the summertime, especially in Florida, you're wearing straw or, you know, because Stetsons don't breathe in the, when it's 95 degrees outside. So I just, you know, I started, I started building my, rebuilding my character, if you will. Not an arrogance, but just a pride of this is who I am. And you're going to accept me for who I am. And if you don't like it, it's on you. You know, we, we kind of say very politely, Gen Xers don't give an F about your feelings, right? Because we grew up with Vietnam era parents who grew up with World War II parents who had Great Depression parents. Go out and get a job, make a difference in the world and stop whining. You know, <laughs> my parents loved me, but it was, it was a different time than what we have today. Our daughter's 18, she graduates this year. You know, I, I feel I was firm enough with my daughter, but not to the level was with me. My parents didn't beat me, but I knew where the line was, right? I, I you know, I had grandparents that still make you go pick your own switch if you got, you know, in trouble. <laughs> so, you know, again, I just, I just started becoming who I always had been, but just shoved it away. So that's why I say, you know, the cowboy in hiding. And, you know, there's still places today where I'll get out of my big F-350 and I got my boots buckle and hat and people still look at me funny. And the number one question is, are you from Texas? No, I love me some Texas, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Florida per capita still to this day has more cattle ranches than the state of Texas. So, you know, it, you don't have to peel off too many layers of the onion to get away from the tourism and the beachy part of Florida to find country in Florida. You know, we have all kinds of rodeos and everything here. You know, I got to take a step back. And I was very intrigued about something that you had stated. And you, you talked about your character, that you, you wanted to rebuild it. So what made you want to go out and rebuild your character? I got tired of being who everybody wanted me to be. And, and I generally mean in corporate America. You know, my wife accepts me for who I am. My parents, you know, everybody loves me. But you get into the corporate world and I had to be the Wall Street looking kind of guy. You know, there was a time where I sold RVs, okay, in Florida. 
and we had to wear a shirt and tie when it was 95 degrees outside and show somebody an RV that didn't have air conditioning on in it, that had been sitting out there baking on an asphalt parking lot for two weeks, you know, and I got tired of being who somebody else wanted me to be. You know, I have about, I used to have a giant collection of ties. Now I'm down to about 10, just in case I have to wear one, you know, but I have a 19 inch neck. It's hard to find shirts for me. So it's always a great excuse not to wear a tie. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to be me. I am comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, they actually sell dress, you know, cowboy pants and stuff like that. Wrangler makes a, a pair that looks like a regular pair of slacks but they're, they're cowboy cut, um, you know, a blazer, a cowboy hat, and I'm good. I'm me. You know, I, I couldn't have this. I couldn't have a beard. I couldn't have any of that stuff. You know, I had to be the clean cut uh, Bud Fox, if you will, you know, Wall Street character uh, from the movie, you know, suspenders, tie, clean cut. And I don't want to say I didn't enjoy that. Everything I've done in my life has brought me to where I am now. Everything's a building block. But it was time for me to be me and be unapologetic about it. So that's, that's how I did that. And when was the time that you said enough was enough and it was time to be me? Uh, it was probably around the, the new millennium, you know, right around 2000, 2001. Um, I was getting out of the corporate world. I was getting more self-employed. And even there, you know, it still carries with you. You're wearing the suit and the tie because it's just what you do. It's been ingrained in you. Um, so right around that time is when boots started coming out more, you know, started, you know, getting a hat because I hadn't had a hat in years. And um, so it's like, OK, do I go get one custom made? Do I just buy one off the rack? You know, whatever the case might be there. And uh, and then, you know, started wearing hats. And of course, you know, you get employees that, you know, want to make fun of you or call you a text. And, then, you know, I, I just went back to saying y'all and hoss. You know, because I went to college at Southeast Missouri State in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It's just just north of the boot heels, Sykeston, Missouri. They do a huge rodeo there every year. Um, and, you know, that's where y'all and Haas and I, I felt so at home there. You know, because I, I didn't need St. Louis friends when I went to college. I had plenty of St. Louis friends an hour and a half north of Cape Girardeau. I found all my country boy friends. And I'm not saying kids skip class, but if I skipped class, we went fishing. You know, <laughs> you know we, we went out and had a good time. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was right around that time. And it's just morphed, if you will, into, you know, who I am today of, of the love of horses, the Western way of life, country living, uh, country cooking. That's how I'm 260 pounds, uh, <laughs> you know, but just just relaxing and having a good time and enjoying life. Don't get me wrong. I'm still. You know, in sales, they used to say your hours were eight to faint. Well, you know, I'm by the time eight rolls around, I'm on my third cup of coffee. I'm up before the sun and go to bed whenever the work's done for the day. You know, you don't punch a clock. Um, but, you know, that's, yeah, that's just the key. So it's been the last 20 years uh, that it was time to let the real me come out. The points that you actually explained and one of the top ones that I constantly talk to my kids about is the conformity you know who we hang out with we're trying to conform to what they see as cool mm -hmm. or hip or whatever the the next fad word is but trying to blend in 
instead of being your authentic self and standing out. Well, in today's day and age, then are the average. Those that stand out are the ones that typically make the living. Well, that's the key. And in today's day and age, you know, it, I would not want to be my daughter right now. I mean, you know, Gen Xers are the last ones that grew up without cell phones, internet. Uh, my sister, who's seven and a half years younger than me, graduated 98. You still barely had internet classes. I mean, yeah, sure, it was around, but yet AOL instant messenger and bing, 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 dial up, you know. So you didn't have what we have today, you know, smartphones and all those things. We knew how to do things. You know, so now with, and don't get me wrong, I am all over social media, but I don't let it judge my life. I don't compare my life to how so many other likes or followers or whatever. And that's very hard for kids these days because that's how they run their life. You know, it's funny where I saw the comment. I was watching an NCIS episode and uh, Jimmy, the Emmy, was talking a guy off the roof, literally. And he said, you know, out there in life, all they show you is the A side of the record, which, of course, dated him and it dated me because I understood the reference. You know, they never show you the B side. Everybody's got problems. Everybody has issues. Everybody's walked through something in their life. But you look on Instagram and it's all peaches, roses and fluffy bunnies. Right. No one shows you the crap. And I'll clean that up that they're going through. You know, so it, it just um, uh, it's tough for kids these days. And, and anything that I can do to help young kids or help young veterans and things like that uh, work through that, the better. You talked about being authentic and the likes and um, showing that everything is just peachy, you know, so to speak. And literally, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before uh, at the time of this recording, in my memories, I saw this picture that I had a flag that was given to me from retiring from the army and the retired army sticker and a uh, paper signed by individuals. And in that, I talked about it and I, I'll just briefly explain it for those that are just listeners. Don't follow me on social media. That's perfectly fine. But it was about that was such a great moment that I never knew I was going to have to forge my life shortly after that and it all came with so many different challenges and i explained it in the the post everything from you know i had my first civilian job that i thought would be that be around forever it was uh with a company it was solar city and it was bought out by tesla and uh from there i was in the direct sales and they they did away with direct sales they said nope we only want people in in their showrooms and found myself three months into a civilian job. I was out on my butt and jumped into another solar company. 45 days later, I just did not align properly with them or they didn't align with me, I should say. And I ended up having to leave. But man, it started my my downward journey of finances and huge um, undertaking several months later. And you know, in this post, I just I, I talked about, look, like things happen for a reason. But since then, I've also been able to correct. I've been able to forge my life. I've been able to start implementing things. I've started the personal development. I did the coaching courses and so I could become a coach. I've gone through all these numerous different courses to be where I'm at today. And I'm still not where I want to be. And I'm saying this now, not to you necessarily, JR, but 
for those that are listening, because maybe you're listening right now and you're not where you want to be. And that's okay. Because life is all about continually failing and retrying mm-hmm. and getting out there, getting back on the horse and starting the ride again. But um, so it just kind of aligned yeah, with. No, it's true. If you haven't speech. failed, you haven't tried hard enough. Yeah. And every successful person I have personally talked to, all the ones that I've read about, they said they've failed more times than they have been successful. Yeah. So if you're not I'll give failing, you a, I'll you're give you a brief trying. example. Babe Ruth actually had more strikeouts than he had home runs. Yeah. And I'm talking about a strikeout record. It was just the home run record because that's the glory. You know, they don't talk about how many times he swung and ended up on his butt and missed. You know, it just that's that's the key. And that's right. you brought up a very valid point of something we see that transitioning veteran coming out, you know, depending on how long you're in, whether it's four years or 40 that becomes your world. You know, you have something to do every single day. There's no free weekend, if you will, right? You don't sleep in, you know, on Monday because you partied too hard on Sunday. You know, so when you get out, our world expects you to be normal. Get back to the real world. That's not your world anymore. So now you got to get in it. You have a you have a chain of command. You may not like those people in that chain of command, but it goes up and it comes down. You get out in the real world, our real world, and you got corporate greed. And I'm not slamming nobody or any companies, but you know, your your buddies in your unit won't let you down. Corporate America will stomp on you to get a promotion in a heartbeat and leave you behind nothing twice about it. You know, I used to always kiddingly say when they get up to give a speech for an Oscar, they ought to just say, I'd like to thank all the little people I stepped on to get this award, right? Because that's what happens. So that's where we uh, try and work with transitioning veterans to come out and go, it's okay. You're going to figure out something you want to do. My dad's a perfect story of that real quick. When he got out of the Navy in 73, you know, he was UDT running Marines upriver out of Da Nang. Those aren't really transferable skills into the real world, right? So he ends up getting with a recruiter at a job fair. And the first job that he went out on was a Kirby vacuum salesman. Okay, for anybody old enough to know what those are, they were going door to door selling you these 85 pound vacuum cleaners. And the guy said, you have to wear thick soled shoes. My dad didn't get that. Well, when the first lady tried to slam the door in his face, you know, the, his, his mentor guy, and he stuck his foot in the door so it wouldn't break his foot, you wear thick soled shoes, right? Dad realized real quick that wasn't the deal he wanted to do. Went back to the recruiter, found a company called Avco, okay, again, from the Midwest. Uh, it was kind of a savings and loan before there were such named things. You know, they'd hock your sticks, as we'd say. Uh, you know, furniture, cars, houses, you name it, they'd write loans on it. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, I'm motivated. We're going to get something done here. The managerial program was two years. He finished it in nine months. And they turned him into a fixer. If somebody was, uh, they thought was embezzling money or hiding stuff or not collecting the way they should, they send him into that particular store and, you know, he'd fix it. Well, that made me an Avco brat. And, you know, until I hit kindergarten age, I lived in St. Louis and Cedar Rapids, Iowa and Lawton, Oklahoma and parts of Nebraska, you know, and, and again, that's also part of what shaped me because I was always around adults. You know, I was an only child till 1980. Right. So I was always around adults and that's also what partly brought me up because I wasn't around many other kids 
but at the same time, I also learned how to cope with different things of having to move every couple of years, like a lot of kids have to do in the military. So, you know, if it wasn't for those types of programs that my dad was able to get into when he got out, he, he admitted, he said, son, I have no idea what the hell I'd be doing. You know, but those things developed into him starting to finance cars and running car dealerships for 20 years and becoming, you know, the top link Ford Lincoln Mercury F&I guy in the entire state of Missouri, all from those, you know, building blocks in 1973 of learning how to do a finance program. You talked about moving every, you know, so often, which is so true in the military, uh, constantly moving, constantly having different surroundings. And that can be a great opportunity to really mold you and understand different outlooks in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, anything from ethnicity, you know, you get around different walks of life to really understand and start seeing things. And you don't always see everything or understand everything until you're actually there. And even when you're there, you don't always pick up everything because you're still not in their shoes. Mm -hmm. so you can start having empathy for the people, sympathy um, for them in regards to what's going on. But I want to actually swing this around because it was a great segue that you picked up on uh, in regards to what led you to where you are now and what you are doing. So let's bring this into uh, what you're currently doing at the Veterans Ranch. Can you explain a little bit about the Veterans Ranch and how it came to fruition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, our, our memory hook is that we work with veterans and their families through horses. Seems like a very simple thing, yet it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, how it started was uh, my dad always taught me to keep a legal pad by my bed in case you get an idea in the middle of the night. Um, I was very blessed to steer that back just a little bit at a young age where um, I was taking, he took me to uh, see Jim Rohn, Tom Hopkins, you know, guys that aren't on the planet with us anymore. But, you know, and he, I said, what do I write down? He said, whatever you think is important. I was 14, 15 years old. If I saw my dad's pen moving, that must have been important. So I started writing everything down. So it's always stuck with me. I've had a lot of legal pads with ideas that didn't really go anywhere. Some started, didn't finish. The current legal pad I have has one word written on it, and it says ranch. About three o'clock in the morning, October of 2017. At that time, I had no idea what it meant. My wife and I, my wife's family's from Kentucky. Uh, they were tobacco and dairy farmers, you know, so always had horses and whatnot. My wife was the first Floridian born. Um, I heard they were hard to come by when I moved to Florida in 99. So I found one I liked and grabbed her. But, you know, so we always wanted horses, our little piece of Americana. The word ranch never came into play. Well, again, the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? So we're going to Bass Pro Shops one day. I am that guy you could drop off at open and pick me up at close. Um, we stop at Chili's for lunch. And my wife knows when the bells start ringing, right? So I ask her for a pen. Asked the waitress for a napkin, another napkin, another napkin. About 20 napkins later, she said, I'll bring you the case of them. What do you need so many napkins for? Well, that's how the Veterans Ranch was born. We just started ideas, just went, went from having no idea to what that word meant to ideas just flowing, right? Some good ideas, some bad ideas, take a couple half-ass ideas, make them a good idea. You know, just going through the process. 
Um, it was pretty mind blowing at the time. We go to Bass Pro for the day and finish our, our weekend. Um, that Monday, I had called our family attorney. I knew better than you just don't set up a nonprofit online. So he said he didn't do it, but he knew a lady that did. Long and short of it, she's telling me about her husband's car that he keeps complaining that it won't run right and he can't fix. Well, I'm from the Midwest. I was surrounded by gearheads growing up. So naturally, I'm a gearhead. So my brain's turning, right? She's going over how much this is going to cost and everything else. And I, you know, shoot your shot. So I said, I got an idea. I'll fix your husband's car. You set up the nonprofit. She went, what? I said, yeah, you want to quit listening to your husband complain about the car? I'll fix the car. You set up the nonprofit. Done. Couldn't say fast enough. So by December of 17, we're a nonprofit. What does that mean? Yay, we get tax deductions and you know, we had to get out there, get our word out. We had the message, but like anything, it's improvise, overcome, and adapt. You got to polish it and keep polishing it till you kind of get it where you want it. Um, we run this out of our house. Like most nonprofits, we didn't start with a lot of money. Uh, we don't even have our own horses. We use other people's horses and, uh, and other venues and things like that. Like the woman that started Mothers Against Drunk Driving is a perfect example. She started it in the bedroom of her deceased daughter with a mission, an enemy, drunk drivers, but no money. Well, ours is, our mission's veterans through horses. Our enemy is veteran suicide, okay? Or just military suicide as a whole. And I'll cover that topic in a minute. But, you know, we just, we started gaining some traction. And by 2019, I reached out again, you know, I always believe when that still small voice speaks to you, listen. And I reached out to a, a, a company called Rural Media Group. Uh, they're in Fort Worth, Texas. They have what's known as RFD TV and the Cowboy Channel. Yes, there's an awesome channel called the Cowboy Channel. RFD is Rural Farm Development. I reached out to them. I wanted to see really just what our rates would be to run TV time on there for a nonprofit. A few emails, some phone calls later uh, from the president of the company all the way down to his, his representative. Uh, they run TV commercials for us and they don't charge us. They, they believe in what we do so much, they don't charge us to run commercials. That means it may run at three in the morning or three in the afternoon. I don't care. You know, freeze the F word all businesses love, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, that's how things have been going and, uh, uh, you know, progressing along. And uh, December this year, we finished our four years and we're now starting on year five. So, you know, we're, we're growing, we're expanding, we're doing more events. Uh, Vortex Optics is a sponsor of ours. Uh, they send us uh, scopes and binoculars and swag to, to sell and raise money. Uh, also have to thank Decker Manufacturing out of Keokuk, Iowa. Uh, they called us up and said, who do you get your grooming supplies from? We said, the local store in our checkbook. They said, not anymore. You need something, you call us because they're a veteran family-owned business as well. So, you know, we, we've, we've gotten some, some great sponsors along the way. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and now it's just about moving forward. You know, we had a great event this past weekend called Horses and Heroes Jamboree. We had about 20 vets and some plus ones. Uh, work with uh, Nancy Slater uh, through a natural horsemanship, and uh, it's called Liberty Training, okay? And for anybody that watched the series Heartland, you'll understand what Liberty Training is. 
And what you're doing is you're making a bond with that horse because that's what this is all about, okay? The veterans ranch in a nutshell, horses are prey animals. They don't know you, they don't trust you. So just like people, you have to build a bond of trust with this animal. But once they trust you, they, I, I worked with a horse named Chevy, okay? And it was funny because I'm a Ford guy, but his, his bar name was Chevy. So I said, I got a Ford guy working with a Chevy. Um, but by, the, by about 20 minutes into working with this horse, I literally had this horse walking around the arena with me. I'd stop at home plate in the center of the round pen. And all I had to do is put my hands out like this and the horse comes walking to me. It comes up, puts his nose right here. Now we're talking about a 1200 pound wild Mustang, okay? And they're working with this horse because his story, short and sweet, was somebody rescued him, put him in a pen, boarded it up for four years, standing in his own feces. They fed and watered it. He could hear all the horses around him, but he couldn't go enjoy them. It's like being a prisoner, you know? So when somebody got him out, it's taken some work to get him to the point of where he's at. So I was blessed beyond belief to spend about 30 minutes with this horse and building that bond of trust with him because he didn't like men because it were men that put him in that, in that cage, in that prison. So here I am, 6'4 and 260, with a 1,200-pound, you know, alpha male horse with an alpha male guy. You think that'd be oil and water. But within 30 minutes, we were buddies, you know. So that's the key. Get people to lay down heavy coats of burden that, honestly, you didn't even realize you were still hanging on to. Because people tell me all the time, PTS is not just for the military. It's thrown on you all a lot. But we've all walked through some stuff in our lives. And if you notice there, I drop off the D. It's not a damn disorder. The government calls it that's qualified for some benefits. But it's something you all have walked through in life. And now you got to learn how to deal with it. Right? Life's 10% of what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. We can't live in the 10% space because you've already lived that. We're here to help you with the 90% because we're human. We have up to 90%, 100% of the time. We isolate, we shut down, drink, take pills, God forbid, sometimes all the above, you know? And that's why the veteran suicide rate's gotten so high. Because during COVID, you can't take anybody with any kind of mental issue they're dealing with and say, stay at home, don't talk to your family, don't see your family, don't even go see your doctor and not expect that number to skyrocket. And sadly, it has. Yeah, and... This is something we were talking about as well. And you had mentioned it's no longer 22 anymore. No. And this is something that, you know, I've known as well, but it's, it's breathtaking in a bad way. In, in a very and, bad way. It's a tough subject to talk about. Uh, they've turned 22 a day into a catchphrase. You know, we did, we did uh, ice bucket challenges. We did, you know, we did all kinds of stuff and we do 22 push-ups a day, but it's not doing anything, right? I talk to vets and they go, wow, somebody did 22 push-ups a day for me. Symbolically, great, but it does nothing for me, right? And now that number is up 46% and I still think that's being underreported, but it took 18 months to get there. We knew this 18 months ago because we have friends in the VA and everything else and they just said, yeah, they're not going to put out the real numbers. Um and so you're now pushing 35 a day. I think it's probably closer to 40 a day, but 
you know, their thing was why depress people anymore, admitting the number's gone up. Uh, people talk about awareness. I'm tired of awareness. Okay, people know, they're aware of what's going on. They're aware that veteran suicide is at an all-time saddening high. Uh, Fox News even did a report uh, this past December that active duty army suicides are up 46%. You know, the Texas National Guard down protecting our southern border is having a problem with suicide. As the conditions, they're not trained for that. You know, they're down there living in conditions that nobody should ever live in. And some of them are checking out. You know, last week, six were attempted, five were sadly successful. Okay, and it's a horrible word to use, but that's what happened. So, you know, we've got to get on board with making something happen. You can tell this, this topic fires me up. You know, I, I, I get up in the seat a little bit about it because it shouldn't be one. Um, the one thing I didn't mention in our, in our pre-interview is our Latin phrase. Everybody's got a Latin phrase. Don't fight alone, united we stand. You get out, they expect you to suffer in silence. And it shouldn't be. You know, you have battle buddies in the unit, right? Well, now you're out. You're no longer a colonel or lieutenant or staff sergeant, fill in the blank. You're now Bob Johnson, okay? And Bob Johnson needs life battle buddies. And that's the Veterans Ranch. We're here to be your battle buddy. You know, we're talking about suicide at this point. Nobody battles alone. And most often, everybody feels alone that is going through it. They don't feel heard. They don't feel understood. Uh, don't feel connected, right? Connected and purpose. Because yeah. realistically, in the military, you're given your purpose. They wrap everything up, you know, personal development, uh, financial, sense of security, friendship, you know, so to speak, love and pride and all these different things. So uh, everything from psycho uh, psychological aspect to really the way of life. When you get out, you think you have things under control until you realize, and I see this all too often, is you lose that sense of purpose. You think you have it, you got this job lined up, and then it's not something you want to do or it doesn't align with you mm -hmm. and then you start realizing people don't align with you you know, they have a whole different mentality that's what you had even spoke about and it slowly spirals downwards and then you start pulling yourself back you're retracting and it becomes a bigger issue yeah and people don't return and that's the big thing uh, so now that you have this the, the veterans ranch established can you tell me a little bit more about the process of mm -hmm. uh veterans or what you do there or anything else yeah uh first thing we're gonna do is when we you know get you an event because again we're trying to grow into our own piece of dirt as we say we have it picked out actually in three different states um you know florida missouri and texas um but you know probably gonna establish in florida first because it's where we were born if you will and go from there. But we're gonna put a grooming brush in your hand and we're gonna to talk to you, okay? Because again, a horse can talk back to you a little bit, but it's a great listener, you know? And, and pick your favorite thing you like to do. If it's fly fishing, it's that rhythmic motion of putting that fly exactly where you wanna put it. Well, take a grooming brush and work with a horse. You can groom a horse for an hour because, you know, depending on how dirty they are, you're gonna have a coarse brush, get the dirt off, 
you got a curry comb that you know does tail and mane uh, that's different than the other brush. Then you got a softer brush. Uh, you got to clean their hooves and learn how to do all that. We're going to teach you those things. Okay. And then if it's just a simple trail ride, um, we're going to introduce you to your horse, get you comfortable with it, make sure that horse is comfortable with you. Because we run across a lot of people that have never even been two feet from a horse, much less been on one's back. Right. And again, a horse can feel a gnat land on its back. So what do you think it feels from you? Everything two feet away. Right. When I was working with this horse this past weekend, there, there had to be 20 yards between me and him. And I'd take a step forward and he'd turn his head and look at me like, I know you're there. And I'd stop. And I'd be able to go a few more feet forward until I got to the center of the arena. And then I was able to get him to come to me. Because see, horses want to know two things. One, are you strong enough to take care of me? Are you a leader? And are you going to hurt me? That's all a horse wants to know. Yet those two simple things are the hardest thing in the world to work with, right? Because it's like for, for golfers out there, right? You play every day or a few times a week, your game gets better. Quit playing for three months and then go back and play and see what happens. All the rest comes back, your slice, your hook, you know, all that stuff comes back. It's the same thing with working with horses. So we're gonna, we love it when people come back on a regular basis at, you know, to our different events. And then when we're able to do a day-to-day -day operation, we're actually going to have housing on the property where they could stay for a week or two weeks at a time. And not only start from learning how to groom a horse, walk, because everything you learn on the ground translates to the saddle. That's why they call it groundwork. You just don't jump on a horse and say, yeehaw, let's go get them, right? It looks fun, it looks great on TV, but those are some of the best trained horses on the planet. So what you learn on the ground translates to the saddle. So again, you're building that bond of trust, you're building that relationship, a lot of times just working in a round pen. And then we can get you to getting up on a horse, learning how to do different things on that horse that you learn how to do on the ground, go out on a trail ride and you know go from there. I mean, teach you how to cowboy up a little bit. You know, you're gonna muck stalls, you're gonna, you're gonna do everything. I, and I do it too. I don't ask anybody to ever do anything I haven't done a hundred times. You know, one of the things you talked about was a horse can feel a, a gnat landing on them. And it, it does, it, it shows and comes down to that we're all energy and we're projecting, we're vibrating, literally mm -hmm. we're vibrating. Uh, every material around us is vibrating at a different frequency. And that's scientifically proven. Um, that being said, the the more burden than, that you are carrying, the more depressive state that you are lowers the frequency and, and the vibrate uh, vibration that you are. Right. So when you're talking about the horse can feel you, it's true. And I don't know if you knew that on a scientific aspect mm -hmm. or not, but it's it's something that all of us can be trained to actually pick up ourselves. Um, that's why like I can literally walk in a door and I can see not specifically see but I, I can feel the fact that something is going on and people could have their backs not even talking to me like doing their own thing and I know something's going on yeah you feel that tension yeah and you, you've been there all of 10 seconds and you've already yeah. picked it up you know <laughs> um, anybody can do that mm -hmm. uh, and the more you train it, the more that you can be aware of the stuff. And 
now that I've digressed a little bit away, I, one of the questions I was very curious about as you walk veterans through um, the care of the horse and going on the rides, what are some of the things or the benefits that veterans are getting by doing this? Yeah, the, the canned answer is you walk off into an improved version of yourself. Now, what's that, right? That's going to be different for everybody. Um, we had a gentleman one time, he broke down in tears. He'd been with the horse for 10 minutes, broke down here. We thought maybe he got kicked or bit, you know, cause that's a horse's defense mechanism. That's it. They're fight or flight animals and they flight most of the time. Um, so we came over, I always have veterans with me, just so everybody knows my wife and I are proud patriots, which means we support y'all that raised your right hand, the one percenters that wore the uniform. My dad was two tours Vietnam, my wife's dad was 55 to 57 in the army after World War II. So I always have other veterans there with me, because I will never try and talk to a veteran like I wore the uniform. Joking and kidding around is one thing, but when it comes to serious stuff, uh-uh. I'm I, one, I don't want that stigma put on me that I'm trying to act like somebody I'm not. Wouldn't do that. We go over to him and we're like, you okay, what's wrong? And they were almost tears of joy. He said, guys, you got to understand something. I've made more progress in 10 minutes with this horse than 10 years and three failed suicide attempts on the couch. Let that sink in. We were all crying with him. I mean, if that doesn't tug on your heartstrings a little bit, you got to check your heartbeat, you know? I mean, 10 years on the couch, government paying for $400 an hour to say, how does that make you feel? No, I'm wrong. I'm not making fun of therapists. There's a time and place for them, but it's hard for them what I've been told. Okay, again, everything I share is what I've been shared with. It's hard for them to relate to veterans because they went to school. They'd wear the uniform. Now, if you're a veteran psychologist and you've been downrange or deployed or in any length of time and seen some things, there's some relation there you can have. But if all you did was you just get out of college and you got your degree and now you're asking me how that makes me feel, I'm going to buck the system too. You know, and three failed suicide attempts, God, that's what, that's what really got me, you know. Um, and, and then to, to have 10 minutes with that horse, I mean, you know, I still stay in touch with that person and, and they still share that story and they've done other things with horses because they were from another state, but they came to us and they've done other things with horses in that state they're in. And it's just amazing what we call them God's majestic animal. Okay. My dad calls horses your seventh sense. Now, what's your seventh sense? He, he attributes it to your buddy in your unit. They knew everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly, didn't judge you, didn't care because you're there to get him home. He's there to get you home. Okay, It's loyalty that now veterans don't see outside of the unit when they get out. Because again, in the corporate world, people will step on you for a promotion or they don't care about your service. They think that's something you did in the past. Don't, you know, I don't want to hear about it kind of stuff, you know, instead of realizing the, the things that that service can bring to a company, the skill set you know, the, the determination that that could bring to a company. Um, you know, so, so here's this animal that will literally, people that know horses will know this. A horse will run for you at top speed to its own peril. What does that mean? You can ask a horse to run top speed and it will until its heart explodes and collapses and dies. That's loyalty. That's why we deal with horses. 
Don't get me wrong. I got my 85 pound lap dog sitting right down here in front of me. Okay. I love dogs. I've had a dog in my house since I was eight years old. I just turned 49, but there's a million dog programs and some really good ones, but we just didn't want to become white noise and be another dog program. Here's this majestic animal that'll allow you to eventually get on its back and give you the ride of your life and just forget about the world for a while. So again, if we can get you, I mean, I got story after story. If we could get you to a better place in life, and that may not be on the first shot, you're gonna get that euphoric feeling of being on a horse if you've never been on one before, but now you're starting a new journey. Now you gotta work on it to where you're a better husband, uh, mother, father, you know, son, daughter, whatever the case might be. The new you, like I said, I had to reinvent myself because I was going down that corporate train and I wasn't me. I was who I made myself to be based on what they wanted me to be. Now I'm me. And that's what you got to do. You were, you were you before you went in. You're who they made you to be. And depending on what your job was, you probably saw some of the worst things humanity had to offer. Now you got to be who you are when you get out, right? You can't be this person because now you've lived this. You know, it's like you say, man, I wish I'd go back to high school. I wish I'd go back to high school. I had awesome time in high school. Won three state football championships, had a ton of fun and a great time. But that was then. Now I'm built up to where I am here. And that's what we're trying to do with these horses is to get you to a new place in life where it's okay, right? Working in that 90% space where you don't shut down and isolate. It's okay to have a beer, just not 80 of them. You know, I mean, just it's, it's okay to live life. It's okay to let go, but you're never going to forget, but you got to let go and, and move forward. You know, that's, that's just the key is moving forward. So I love your title, forging life. You're forging forward. Life is slow. The drip wears the marble. There's a JRism for you, which I got from my dad. <laughs> you know, you, you can't make a dent in the marble just by pouring a hose on it. It's just drip, drip, drip. And before you know it, there's a little dimple in the marble. That's life. That is so well said and so true. I mean, that's how rivers, you know, cut through rock and everything else. It's the consistency. You know, yeah. It doesn't happen right then and there in front of your eyes, but you follow it over the years and you'll find some new landscape. Yeah. Um, Persistency and consistency make it happen. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things he had spoke about was Jim Rohn. And I have a friend of mine who helped Jim Rohn become who we know of him today. And he was the marketer. He is the one that literally took Jim Rohn from 10 speaking engagements a year to over 100 speaking engagements a year. And what a great guy he is. I, like I said, I'll have to get him on the podcast as well. But uh, so you have these veterans that get the, get out there, they connect with the horses, they're able to really just start understanding, you know, uh, the horse and themselves. And is this just like a day thing? Is it a weekend thing? Is it um, you show up every single day? How does that work? It, it can be a little bit of everything right now until we get our own piece of dirt. It, it could be a day. It could be two days. Like we just did a full weekend this, this past weekend as we're recording this. Um, you know, we did a, a Friday night, all day Saturday, and then uh, weather screwed us up a little bit on Sunday, but we were able to still get, you know, some stuff done. Sometimes it's a one-day trail ride. Um, you know, now we want to get to the place of day-to-day. 
That's why I say we're trying to grow, we're trying to expand. Um, you know, it's the small nonprofits that are out there, boots on the ground, getting stuff done every day, just like the real, the real world of corporate America, okay? Nothing against big corporations. You need a little bit of them, but it's the mom and pop entrepreneurs, ones that finance their house six times over because they got a dream and they know they can make it successful. And that's why guys like myself with the Veterans Ranch, Brian Gibson with Project Die Hard in Southern Illinois, Paducah, Kentucky, and um, uh, Zach Clayton out in Colorado uh, with Project Pay It Forward. That's why we're forming veteran coalitions to all work together with veteran organization coalitions to help grow and expand this. You know, right now we need, uh, we ask people for $22 a month. Okay, give what you can. But we ask people for $22 a month in memory of the 22 plus we're losing every single day. What's $22? One less fast food visit a month with you and your family. If you smoke cigars or one less case of beer or whatever your vice might be. One less thing you do a month and you can help grow and support veterans. And we need a thousand people right now getting out there and doing that. And we can get to another level to where we can start doing more things on a daily basis because the mission's too important. Too important to just be doing something every other month. Absolutely. And one of the things I want to actually break this down a little bit further. And you talked about $22 a month. And realistically, we're talking about 73 cents every day, right? Or if you want to break it into a week, you're looking at, uh, I think it was like $5, $5 a week yeah. to help another human being that needs it the most yeah and i mean we're out we here all, literally saving lives we all go through things in life and i understand that and the thing is though what are we doing about it you talked mm -hmm. about the water ice bucket challenge and the push-up challenges and the thing is most people aren't doing the donations that the reason why it was started to begin with yeah. So we want to make the impact. We want to help uh, make the most of things. And that's why you talked about Brian Gibson. And that's why I vouched. I have, uh, if you're hearing this before April of 2022, and I have an event that's coming up. It's a three-day event where I'm taking entrepreneurs that are looking to scale to six figures and beyond. And we're taken through mindset training and I have one of the top business coaches that is going to actually show you about uh, organic traffic, high ticket sales, um, and a lot of the limiting beliefs and stuff that come along with it. So you're literally going to be able to walk away from this thing and start making sales. So you're going to have a return on investment. And why do I break this down is because at the end of the day, we're taking uh, a portion of the proceeds and we are um giving that to to brian gibson and project die hard and then the next project that i have the next event the next mastermind group that i do i'm constantly trying to feed back to to organizations such as jr and the veteran ranch uh so that even for me that's where a portion of the proceeds go so it's very important that we help each other because when we're helping each other you're helping yourself too and that being said, JR, as I was sitting there talking, uh, there's, uh, I, I need to link you up with somebody in Pennsylvania. They have a ranch as well that does something somewhat similar to what you do. So maybe they can uh, do a few things there. So yeah, 
uh, first and foremost, where can people go to check out the Veterans Ranch? Mm -hmm. So real simple, theveteransranch.org. Uh, we've got all the, some of the stories I've mentioned today. We've got those on there. You'll see our board of advisors, uh, the founding board, you know, my wife, myself, and my dad. Uh, and you can donate there. You just click the donate button and, you know, give what you can. We understand it's COVID time. People have gone through some struggles. Shoot, we had a business shut down during COVID because we met face to face. And, you know, when they started shutting everybody down, that business went to hell in a handbasket. But we've reinvented it. And I'll talk about it another time. But we're going to relaunch that. And it's a second division of the nonprofit. Um, but, you know, so you can go to theveteransranch.org. Please give $22 a month. It, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot. Uh, they say the poorest among us, you know, have a two-car garage, a few TVs, and an Xbox. Um, you know, again, I, I, I know some people out there are really struggling right now, and, and I can appreciate that. But uh, for everybody else that's got commerce, you know, cranking right now, 22 bucks a month is not a lot. A thousand people could be your neighborhood. Uh, obviously, we need to grow more from there. But right now, if we can get a thousand people doing 22 bucks a month, that can really get us to another level. And what would you be doing with this money specifically? Sure. Thanks for asking, because everybody always wants to know the money's going to go to buying a new property. OK, it's going to put a down payment down on a new property. It's going to buy horses, um, even if you get horses donated to you. For anybody that's in the horse world, uh, unless you've got papers a mile deep on that horse, donated horses are the most expensive horses you'll ever get because you got to run them through the vet bill. You got to get their teeth done, their hooves done and everything else. So, you know, by the time you buy nice saddles and all the equipment called tack that goes with the horse and a nice trail pony, you could be 15 grand for one horse. We need 10, right? To effectively do what we want to do, we need 10 horses. Now we might start off with two or three and just build and grow as we go. But, you know, the, the money's going to veterans and getting veteran help. Also want to make this a very important point. All we're going to hire, it's going to be a rare exception to get outside this, is veterans and their immediate household family. Okay, so we're putting money back in the community to veterans and veterans' pockets. So if you got a DD-214 somewhere in your house, you can work for us. Otherwise, you can be a volunteer, and we're going to need plenty of those as well. So, you know, we're going to grow, we're going to expand, and we're going to keep moving this mission forward because we want a veterans' ranch in every state in the union, folks, and that's going to take some serious money. But you're going to be able to come out and see veterans working with veterans, working with horses. I can't say it enough, boots on the ground. Okay, you're going to get to meet me. Not that I'm anybody important, okay, but so many times you'll see CEOs on TV commercials of these organizations and they're in a glass ivory tower somewhere and you never get to meet them. Nine times out of 10, when you call our office or email us, I'm the one doing the responding. Because again, there's three of us running this deal right now. So I'm chief cook and bottle washer for a lot of it. I'm kind of the face as we kiddingly call it. So, you know, it, we, we are never going to allow ourselves to get too big or too rich of a nonprofit that we lose sight of where we came from and the mission. It's always going to go back to a legal pad with the word ranch written on it and having no idea what that meant to you know where we're going to be today and tomorrow helping more veterans every single day and just you know pushing this forward and doing our damnedest to get that number down to zero 
Thanks so much for explaining that, JR. And is there anything that uh, throughout this time so far that maybe I, I haven't mentioned or you wish I would have asked about that maybe you'd like to cover? Um, no, I mean, I think we're good. I just, I just want to reiterate that, you know, this is a passion for us. Um, you know, a lot of people start off with an idea and they run it like a business and they don't have a heart for it. It's a way to make money, pay yourself a big fat salary and whatever. And that's not us. Do I need to pay myself? Yes, I got to live. I got to feed my family. But let me be real clear about something. I haven't paid myself in almost five years. Um, that makes the last year a little tough when our business got shut down. Um you know, but do I need to pay myself? Yes. Do I need to pay myself some $300,000 a year salary? Hell no. Because this is our passion. This is our mission. We are moving forward every single day. We call this the deployment that never ends. Okay. It always renews. It always renews because there's always going to be war. There's always going to be a war machine. There's always going to be, you know, we look how many people we just brought home from Afghanistan. How many new uh, people in the talent pool as I call them, are we going to be able to reach out to that are going to need our help? And when they put me and my wife in the ground one day, our daughter is going to carry on the mission. So there's always going to be a veterans ranch to help people out. And I just want to be real clear with that. The money gets spent where the money's supposed to get spent. We're not booking, you know, floors of hotel rooms in Vegas. We're not booking private charter jets. You know, it's going to the real deal stuff and y'all are going to be able to see it. Thank you so much for breaking that down. And one of the things I wrote down as well, as you were sitting there talking about the money and the real thing on this is about the donations, because once again, that is what drives making an impact, right? To be able to change lives that we wouldn't necessarily be able to, to change an impact if it wasn't for you. Uh, so that being said, with donations, you talked about uh, 22 a month or I said 73 cents a day, right? Or $5 a week. Is there different donation options on your website? So like, if I want to do just a one-time donation or mm -hmm. it, so you can actually yeah. break all yeah, there's down. There's different options you can do. You can do uh, 50 bucks a month if you want, or you can just do a one-time donation. Uh, another campaign we have running out there, and, and I like pushing things right to the edge and kind of looking over the line, but not crossing it. We have a campaign called Do You Give a Buck? <laughs> we can obviously tell real quick what line I'm pushing. Okay, Do you give a buck about veterans? Do you give a buck about their lives? Because let's face it, I don't care if you're a cook for four years and you never deploy or anything else. There's still a chance. They say every Marine's a rifleman, right? You might be slopping eggs every day for four years, but you still may have to grab a rifle and potentially give your last full measure of devotion for your country. Okay, people don't talk that way anymore, but we should. And, you know, so, so we're going to be out there asking people, do you give a buck? Do you give a buck about veterans? Do you give a buck about something that matters? So you can give a dollar. Imagine what I could do if I had a million people give me a dollar. <laughs> Seriously, all we need is a lot doing a little, okay? Running a nonprofit is kind of like running a political campaign in the sense that you need grandma giving a dollar and you need CEOs writing checks with two commas in them and everything in between, okay? 
I don't necessarily want to be beholden to one person writing a big check because I have integrity and I will not. Brian and I talked about this all weekend long. I will not compromise our mission for a big check. You know, if you say, well, you got to take the cross out of your logo. Peace out. And I'll say that politely. You can keep your money. Okay. Brian was told he'd get a lot of money if he'd quit giving out Bibles. Brian said, keep your money. You got to have integrity in this because that's what they've got in the military. They've got honesty, integrity, and pride. And if you lose any of those, a unit falls apart. And so we've got to have that same thing in the real world in order to bring some normalcy back to veterans' lives. So give what you can. Just know that if you ask me to compromise, I'm telling you right here, right now in Forging Life, it ain't going to happen. You know, we all have our values and boundaries and just like being a parent, right? We have to establish those boundaries. And what happens if we continually step over those boundaries? Our children will run all over top of us. Mm -hmm. And that's because that's what we open the door to. So very important, very well said. I appreciate that so much. Uh, And one of the things that uh, JR is also doing for you guys, if you're sitting here, you're listening to this still, make sure I'm going to repeat this again. Go go over to the website, theveteransranch.org and check them out. And he's also given you a promo code. Can you explain what the promo code is for? Absolutely. So if you uh, you click on our merch store, you can get everything from T-shirts, through pillows, coffee mugs, you name it. We've got it all on there. And if you in checkout, if you put the code forging twenty in at checkout, you'll receive twenty percent off your entire order, and that's good for all your listeners all the time. There's no expiration date on it. So that's another way you can help support us. You're not only wearing our swag out there and getting our our face out there, but through the proceeds, it all goes right back into the ranch. So anything you order, Forging 20 at checkout, receive 20% off your entire order. I really appreciate you opening that up to all the listeners. And for those that are sitting here listening to this right now, every veteran that I've had on this podcast is consistently giving back. I, I don't know if you notice that trend or not, but they're always trying to give you some type of deal to to really just, yes, you're spending your money to make an impact, but they're giving in some way to make a difference somewhere else. And, you know, I had Jose on um, with uh, Third Day Coffee Seguin great individual veteran as well and same thing you know he's he gave a uh, a promo code for his coffee so you can get out there and and drink the most premium coffee to date that's stepping over top of a lot of the store-bought stuff just you know just, just naming a few people that have had on but go look back at some of these everybody is trying to give back and make an impact I, I talked about my event in April, same thing. You know, I, I'm giving portion of the proceeds to make an impact. And it's not for me, it's to impact those lives. And JR wants to do the same thing and needs your help to really impact so many more. 
So head over to the veteransranch.org, check out the swag, go make a donation, uh, and truly just make a difference. That's what we ask as he's show, uh, kind of talked about forging his life. And now we need your help to help forge others' lives. So that being said, JR, is there any closing remarks you would like to, to express to uh, the listeners or myself today? I uh, just want to thank you again for having us on. Uh, you know, it's it's a, an important thing for, for our smaller voices to get out to a larger audience. So we greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, thank you to all your listeners uh, and people that are willing to support us and share our mission. And we just look forward to doing bigger and better things. You know, last thing, you know, my dad and I say all the time is that we're going to the top of the mountain or you're going to see us dead on the side trying because we ain't coming back down. Well said. And that being said, JR actually just sent over a, a video for the Veterans Ranch. So I, if you're hearing this, um, you can go to the Facebook group and check out the uh, short thing. It's like one minute commercial. Check it out, just watch it and uh, show some love to them and support that we have there. So as soon as I jump off of here, I'm gonna actually post that into our group if you're not part of the Forging Life podcast on Facebook, jump over onto Facebook, type that in. You should see it pop up. Join the, the podcast group and uh, make sure you, you stay in touch with us there as well. So that being said, as always, live intentionally and make the rest of your day the best of your day. Thanks for joining us today on the Forging Life podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, first and foremost, make sure you check in the information block down below for all the great links for any of the guest speakers or any promotions that are currently going on. It is most important for you to take advantage of those right away. And secondly, I ask of you, if you are enjoying this, make sure you head over, whether that's on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you're listening to this, leave a review that truly helps us out in getting this into the ears of others that may be able to take advantage of this as well. So as always, guys, thank you so much for being here, and I can't wait to get the next episode out to you.